Hello, this is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we have a ton of exciting topics for you today. We're going to talk about a quasi-crystal, kind of a newer mineral. We're going to talk about John S. White's Quartz Collection. We're going to talk about the Pebble Spotter's Guide. Liquid ores. Could you imagine mining from volcanoes? How crazy is that? Um, New fossil discovery in the UK. We've got a beetle that emits light. We're going to talk about a gemstone heist. Over $4 million of an elaborately planned heist for some gemstones. We're going to talk about western jewelry. Utahite Verisite. Utahite Verisite. Neat, beautiful stuff. We're going to look at that. We're going to talk all about jewelry clasps. We're going to talk about the old lady that swallowed a fly. You remember that story? The old lady that swallowed a fly, that swallowed a spider, and so on and so forth. This is actually a story about a shark fossil that was found eating a squid, that the squid, at the same time, was eating a crustacean. Um, We're going to talk about a bunch of different events. We're going to talk about benetite and so much more. So... First off, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the podcast, and if you're on the Facebook Live, and this actually is able to be posted um, on YouTube, I want to thank all you guys. We've got quite a few members spread over 50 countries, believe it or not, from our podcast, YouTube videos, and our Facebook friends. Um, It totals tens of thousands of downloads on uh, our podcast and YouTube videos combined with thousands and thousands of members on our social media sites, um, YouTube video, and podcasts. So we'd like to grow the podcast and the YouTube videos quite a bit because if you're familiar with Radical Rocks, we're all things rocks, minerals, and a little bit of fossils on the podcast. Trying to keep rock hounding alive. Trying to keep uh, people aware We do some volunteer work from time to time. I've gone to schools and organizations and uh, especially young people and all those that are out there volunteering for rock hounding clubs and gym and mineral societies want to thank you for keeping this hobby alive around the world. Um, Here in the United States, we like to try to keep some of the areas open for passive collecting so that we can take our kids and our grandkids out there and be able to do these things ourselves. We're not trying to strip mine or do anything like that. We just want to go out and pick up a few pebbles that otherwise are just going to waste away. And today you're going to find out that there's some exciting discoveries being made by people in old corn uh, quarries and things like that where discoveries are made that are adding to the scientific community and their understanding of paleontology, fossils, history, dating things, um, from modern perspective, and so much more. Just interesting hobby of the beautiful rocks that we can collect and the things that we can make out of them with the associated arts of silversmithing, wire wrapping, just lapidary and jewelry in general. So there's so many topics to talk about when you get into rock hounding and lapidary. So let's just get into today's um, what I would be doing on the podcast. If Hopefully I can pull up these screens and do that. Let's see. Let's see. That's the screen share. And this should be everything. Okay, so 
First off, you can go to our podcast. Well, actually, if you go to our website, it's RadicalRocks.com. Uh, Real easy. Radical, R-A-D-I-C-A-L, Rocks, R-O-C-K-S, dot com. You scroll down to the bottom of the page, you're going to have all our links for most of our social media. We're big on Facebook and MeWe. We're actually bigger on MeWe. Um, also, our YouTube, our um, blogs, and, of course, the podcast. So you can check all those out. You can see there's over 120 episodes here. Most of these are timeless. Some of the information that's sprinkled in there is events and things that have happened. Those are time-dated. But the information about Flower Obsidian, for, for example, that doesn't change. Some of these other gemstones that we talk about, gold mining, gold mining stories, things like that, interviews with interesting people from time to time. These things don't change. So you want to go through and check all these out. We depend on you to share, to like, to comment, and, um, you know, in your groups on your different social media platforms, you know, post some of our stuff once in a while. We would appreciate that. We're trying to grow. We need your help to do it. Um, we've been doing this. I've had a social media site since 2009 on Yahoo, Yahoo Groups. It's been defunct. Um, I invited all those members over. I think um, all the ones that had effective emails, the majority of them came right on over and started supporting us from the get-go. So we have people who have been with us for over tw- uh, over 09 to 19. Uh, was that 10, 11, 12, 13 years. So... I want to thank you, longtime supporters and friends that uh, have been with us the whole time. So let's get right into it. Let's see what uh, topics we can find here. Here's an exciting one on San Benito County has become ground zero for rare gemstones. This was uh, reported by Robert Ellison. And you can go to benitolink.com if you want to find out about this article. But this gemstone is one of the rarest. I would say if you are into collecting colored gemstones for an investment this is the one this is one of the big ones to have in your collection Um, it was discovered about 1909 Uh, if you're on the video you can see a picture of not a very good picture but if you've seen this stuff in person it is a beautiful blue color that cannot be beat these really crazy like most of them are kind of uh, an actual pyramid shaped crystal one of the rarest minerals on earth, worth between $4,000 and $6,000 per carat. Unbelievable. Found in California, um, but also in Montana and Australia and Japan. But the real quality gemstone material is only found in San Benito County in California. It is the California State Gemstone. Um, it's formed on the top of these lava tubes, kind of like diamonds. Di- Rindical, dip, pyramidical is the shape of this six-pointed formation. Um, it gives a really cool dispersion of light and fire, uh, like that of a diamond uh, is the comparison of the refraction of light that can be brought about from these gemstones. Um, it also fluorescence, so you could find this at night with... Uh, one of the lights, if you go to Eric Rintamaki of Uperites, I've talked about him a lot. He sells a lot of great lights. He's a friend of uh, Radical Rocks and um, certainly want to help support our brothers and sisters around the world 
that are doing rocks and minerals. It's about a 6.5 on the hardness scale, which uh, is pretty hard. And it was discovered by prospector James Marshall Crouch, who was working in the area of San Benito County and looking for new areas to mine. And at first they thought they found blue diamonds or sapphires, but when they found out uh, from UC Berkeley, they found out this was uh, pretty much a new mineral uh, specimen. So therefore it was named after the county uh, it was found, uh, bentonite, after um, San Benito. So Benitonite, however it's pronounced. And it is really beautiful. There's some great collections you can find out about here. Um, a geologist teacher named Susie Harlow has a real extensive collection that she inherited from her father who had collected this stuff since the 1930s, the late 1930s. And also Jan's Rock Shop, um, you can go there and see some of these displays that she has there. Uh, they talk about different people who've owned the mines. You can actually, every once in a while on uh, eBay, you will see people selling so-called uh, placer mines or you know gravel mines where you can pan this or or shovel it and I would imagine that's possible but you can also go to this site here um, in 2015 Schreiner or Schreiner Schreiner opened up the Bentonite Mining Company which uh, is there and you can go mine the gems yourself it's about a hundred dollars for an adult and fifty dollars for children probably a waiting line. She's got washing tables. Now we've done videos on the Ocean View mine where you get there and they bring a big pile in from the mine and you dig through that. You wash and screen through that. They usually supply a lot. And they even have a room there with an ultraviolet light that helps find um, the bentonite much, much easier. They don't guarantee that you'll find anything, but uh, you know, if you did find one, a 2.93 carat cut oval stone sold for $13,695. And I would think that, uh, you know, keeping it natural would be advantageous. So pretty cool gemstone here uh, in California. I'm not in California, but in California that you can go mine or you can buy and collect and add to your collection. Now we like to give a shout out to any of the gem and mineral shows that we come across. There's way too many to go over all of them. If you want to keep up with them, I would recommend subscribing to Rock and Gem magazine. And uh, all through the magazine, they have month by month all the gem and mineral shows. Or you can go to one of the gem and mineralogical society um, chapters and keep tabs of those as well. You can get on newsletters and stuff and they'll They'll keep you pretty updated. But this Gem and Mineral Show is held on August the 7th. It's found in the MiningGeneral.net, uh, MiningJournal, that is, .net, July 17th. And they have the 45th Annual Upper Peninsula Gem and Mineral Show, August the 7th, at the, at the Elks Club on Lakeshore Drive in Ishpigming. And that is located in Michigan. If you want to go there, look that up. That should be a good one. You don't want to miss that. Um, the show looks like they're having field trips Friday and Sunday. So if you want to get part of that field trip, go for it. You want to be part of that, go do it. 
All right, next, let's see what we got here. Uh, I think I'm gonna check out this. Part-time adventurers, amateur fossil hunters get a record haul in Cotswold, or Cotswoods. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but I believe this is in Australia, and you can look it up at theguardian.com. And um, Sally Hollingsworth here with her husband have discovered in this old, um, once was a, uh, where they dig stuff, a pit, a mining pit um, in the UK where they found this discovery that is wonderful animals that include starfish, brittle stars, feather stars, and the first time ever found in the UK. And this place was around for quite a while. Um, what they did was they started um, during the lockdown, they started looking around by satellite images for fossil areas and they stumbled into this uh, cult's wald from a, a um, oh, I can't think of what it's called, it's a pit. Um, what do you call it? Um, a mining pit. So they went and they found it, and they're not going to tell you exactly where it is, but if you look and you can see the picture, they have a picture of this amazing, um, it almost looks like a crinoid, some sort of a crinoidus, icocrinus. They found these different starfish um, and all kinds of other things, quite a discovery. The single um, biggest find in the area uh, in many, many years. They even found a uh, complete mammoth skull from the Ice Age um, at Hollingsworth. But uh, this here is very unique because of these new creatures cracked out of these slabs from this um, pit. This, um, I just can't think of the word, what the heck it's called. Quarry. It's a quarry. All right. Next. How would you like to mine from a volcano? And at the same time, while you're mining this, be feel real good about the environment because it's considered a green mining technique because of the way that it's done. So what they are looking into, you can look at this at businessworld, um, bworldonline.com, and Marvin Tort. Uh, wrote this article on this uh, on July the 21st. And if you look at it, you can find out... Let me get a swig of my coffee here. You can see I've got a picture of a volcano here. Now what they're talking about doing is going down into the earth where the earth is kind of semi-liquid, um, very close to these volcanoes, and they feel that there is a big uh, opportunity for copper in particular. This is what they're targeting because copper is the mineral that is needed to power the electric uh, transportation industry that is soon to come to California and probably um, next America as they try to push out gasoline and combustion engines and diesel engines. They want to... Um, make these battery-operated cars and use this technology from wind and solar and things like that. Now, whether that's practical or not, that's a whole other discussion that I've touched on from time to time. But this particular prospecting of getting these liquid ores from the bottom of the earth going down 
is something that is being investigated. They feel that uh, this raw ore will be um, heavy enough in copper and clean enough to be able to get this uh, minerals out of there. Around two kilometers below dormant volcanoes, calling this a radical green mining approach. Uh, the university, I think it was Berkeley, said copper, gold, zinc, silver, and lithium, which is uh, very valuable for making long-lasting batteries, they feel that this will enable them to get it in a um, sustainable way and they want to avoid pit mining altogether in favor of volcanic or volcano mining. So they're a long ways off. Um, they're very hopeful for it. They elaborate on how valuable copper is and um, things of that sort. So if you want to read more about that, you can look that up in Business World um, website. Now, how about the Pebble Spotter's Guide? Now, we don't have any sponsors, so you know I'm not recommending this. I'm just telling you about it, but this is a, a book, an illustrated book, written by Clyde, Clive Mitchell, and it has an interesting cover with just some kind of basic-looking stones and rocks on there. You can look this up at newquayvoice.co.uk. It's N-E-W-Q-U-A-Y voice. .co.uk and basically he talks about his experience of geology in the last 50 years picking up pebbles on the beaches of Cornwall and Devon on these family holidays and as a child you know it's just natural to pick up these rocks and minerals we talk about that a lot um, and this is how he slipped into it he's been a geologist for 30 years it says and uh, his love of geology for 50 years, but a actual geologist for 30 years, and starting off with these pebbles. And he has advice how to identify some 40 pebbles from humble types like feldspar veins, slate, serpentine, granite, uh, ovoids, the holy grail of pebble hunting, the rare uh, Rome which hails from Scandinavia and features distinct diamond-shaped crystals nestled in the dark brown rock. He tells you where to find them, and making a trip to the beach or riverbank is all the more interesting. He gives you a little space to put notes and of your um, of your findings and your discoveries. So pretty cool. Um, he talks about. Some of these rocks, how they're smooth from the lakes and the rivers and such, um, how the geology works on it. He talks about the serpentine from Cornwall um, to the Lizard Peninsula in the UK uh, and other places where this can be found. He even gives credit to California, which we know it's serpentine is the state rock. Uh, he talks about how it's used talks about coal, all sorts of things that he talks about, how buildings are made from some of these stones. It's a very nice illustrated guide according to this, um, this report here where you can find out about the Pebble Spotter's Guide. Sounds like if you're in the UK, this would be a really great one to give young people or um, grown-ups alike. Now, at McDouglas Minerals, um, there's a sale, and again, I'm not being sponsored by them, but 
It's just so interesting. I stumbled across this and I wanted to share it with you. It's the John S. White Quartz Collection. If you go to mcdouglasminerals.com and look up John S. White Quartz Collection, this is going to pop up. And this is really a wonderful collection that they are selling here of quartz from all around the world. It starts with a, a beautiful quartz um, Japan Law Twin is what it's called from the old Coleman Mine Hot Springs in Garland um, County in Arkansas, USA. And they have pictures of these uh, terminated quartz crystals. Beautiful. They've got some quartz with an amethyst from Jackson's Crossroads in Georgia. Um, nice sample there. Some of these are smaller. It measures about seven centimeters. There's a rutilated quartz with hematite uh, with a uranium from a uranium ore field that was found in China. There's also a beautiful quartz red crystal with these cinnamon red sprinkles on it called red phantoms from China, another area in China. Beautiful little terminated crystals. A spectacular quartz amethyst from Uruguay. Um, looks almost like a uh, partial question mark in its shape. Beautiful quartz from the hanging mines in the Mongolia, China area. These are um, like um, really great looking... Uh, scepter type crystals that start off smaller at the bottom and then get thicker and thicker as they get to the end and it actually has a picture of a triple uh, terminated scepter type um, white quartz crystals here that are just amazing they're only nine centimeters but quite striking quartz with with uh with chlorite inclusions, these are, this is a green color, a dark color. Uh, sometimes it can look like moss in there when you look at it up close. This one was taken from the um, Nepal region. And um, the next, they have a quartz from the Adaro mine, which is in Colorado. This is a very unusual quartz specimen that is kind of a snow uh, type color like a bowl quartz but it, it looks uh, like a dagger a double-ended dagger um, is the only way I can explain it and then next is a very interesting quartz crystal formation which is kind of blocky like blocks stacked on top of each other um, with some terminations popping out here and there from Pakistan very unusual crystal formation uh, another beautiful amethyst, uh, kind of a violet color actually, from Italy with uh, terminated quartz points uh, sporadically pointed out. Then a quartz flower. If you've never seen these quartz flowers, uh, there is some that have come out of South America that are amethyst quartz. Beautiful. This one is a white quartz. Just imagine... Um, if you're familiar with the, um, oh, I can't think of the formation now. Um, you look for it in agate and in uh, um, jaspers and things like that where you will see like a flower-like design. 
Um, beautiful, beautiful design pattern of quartz. Very unusual. Then a quartz with hematite having these kind of black, uh, what looks like a barite rose, if you're familiar with that. A couple of those clumps and then the quartz terminated crystals shooting out the sides with bits of this black uh, going right through the terminated crystals at various uh, horizontal planes through the vertical rise of the quartz clear crystals from China. Another stacked type crystal which is said to have interrupted growth is along with hematite. Uh, this is another uh, actual sample of that other one from China. A beautiful quartz crystal with a slight hue of amethyst from Brazil. Rio Grande de Sol, quartz with fluorite from uh, China, a purple fluorite, and uh, snow white to crystal uh, clear quartz crystals. Beautiful one from India, a purple uh, with a, uh, looks like could be, it's amethyst of course, with red um, around the edges, a little bit of red and it looks like kind of like a slice of a stalactite with a one, two, three, four, five, six sided geometric shape in there that is spectacular out of India. Quartz variety of amethyst, the Renge Reddy district, uh, Telanangia, India. That one is wow. Wow, what a specimen. Many more beautiful quartz crystals to be found here um, from different areas, Nevada, Colorado, Morocco, um, quartz after coral. This is an unusual one found in Florida. Um, there was some coral areas that were filled in with these different quartz over the millennium and it leaves sort of a a geode when they cut it open. Very, very beautiful. Uh, Cream-colored uh, round areas. It looks like a, the body of a cat. Like, like you cut open a geode and there's a cat. Okay, that's part of it. And then there's a top section that's kind of like a piece of toast. And then there is another section that is a kind of an elongated, uh, it's a rectangle. So you have all that going on in this beautiful quartz after coral from the um, Wittichicochia River in Florida. Wow, stunning, stunning collection, guys. Fun to take a look at this stuff sometimes just to see what's going on. A noteworthy fossil collector, uh, collector in the New York Times at NewportNewsTimes.com on the 22nd, Kent Gibson is the fossil guy. You can read about him here. He has quite a collection. He's from Newport Beach, California. Um, he actually got noticed during an event. Um, he collected an organ for over 20 years. And uh, he has many of these rocks that uh, are undiscovered. Uh, he found a fossilized prehistoric porpoise skull. He found a marlin skull. He found all kinds of different bones and fossils. And he has actually been uh, contacted and, and to give some of this to the Smithsonian. Um, and he did this. And 
15 new species of marine animals, two previously unknown families. Um, he sold more than 40,000 pounds of fossils to the Smithsonian before his death in 1980. Um, two of Gibson's favorite collections were the, the Martin uh, Marlin skull and uh, other skulls that he had found from this area. Really amazing that uh, this collection that he has. So some of these bones might be illegal to collect now. I noticed in the article, I thought fish were okay, but um, he had a permit to pick up more than the regulated one gallon per day or three gallon per year. So um, uh, that was why he was able to collect so much. Um, yep, okay, that's it. Let's move on to the next really cool topic. Here is where I was telling you there once was an old woman who swallowed a fly. You remember that one? I don't know why she swallowed a fly. I guess she'll die. And then she swallowed a spider that swallowed the fly. So this is kind of that. The paleontologist discovers a rare fossil of a shark at uh, gentside.co.uk. You can find this article written by Lola Bree on the 20th. And Interestingly, in this fossil, they found he was eating a jellyfish, and in the jellyfish was eating a crustacean. A very important um, study because of what they found about the order of predators and these organisms, which uh, they feel are millions of years old. Very unusual to find a double feast in fossil record. There it is. All right, next. University of Hawaii News, green olivine may be a crystal clock unlocking volcanic history. Time for another shot of coffee, folks. So delicious. Okay, at hawaii.edu, you can look up this article, and uh, it came out on the 20th, and you see a picture of some of the olivine in this green greenish bluish looking basalt type rock and then they have a picture of the olivine under a electron microscope where they can look at the rock to see these time uh, magma events now this can actually be traced now when you talk about timing minerals and gemstones and fossils and figuring out how old they are you've heard me be very skeptical on the time and I use things like um, one study shows it's a million years old and then the next says it's a billion trillion and then the next study says oh you know what this is from the 1950s so I give examples of that but this study here I think is worth looking at because what we have here is actual history that can be verified 30 years ago there was an eruption in Hawaii and uh, at that eruption olivine came out and it's been cooling and they have been able to take samples of that they can take samples of even eruptions from the 80s or 90s and see uh, from 19 actually 2018 they can look at this sample that came out from 2018 they can start timing what's going on by the little changes that happen in these tiny olivine crystals um, nearly 62 years later 
or from 2018 or any of these different eruptions. Um, also, over on Maui, there's a, a volcano that erupted in the 1800s. So these things are something worth looking at to see how to time um, how minerals break down. I think that's pretty exciting um, that they can study these and get some real data that can be verified because it's happening right within our lifetimes. Now, this is probably the jewelry heist of um, maybe the decade. I don't know. But it says, woman switches gemstones with pebbles in a diamond heist. This is over $4 million in diamond at the professionaljeweler.com on Thursday, the 22nd. Sam Lewis tells us about this theft. Was it a young high-tech person that used the technology of the day to break through the high-tech alarms and systems? Nope. It was a 60-year-old woman that stole more than 4 million lires worth of diamonds from London at the jeweler's um, uh, auction here, or jeweler's boodles, B-O-O-D-L-E-S. Um, what she did was she switched the diamonds with pebbles. Um, sneaky. She had them in a locked purse and uh, was able to somehow get through and switch these out with these worthless stones. She has not admitted guilt, and um, this was a very elaborate ho uh, heist that was done by changing her clothes with the help of a female accomplice and fleeing to France on the UO Star. But two male co-conspirators have... Um, fled uh excuse me pleaded guilty so it sounds like she's going to the slammer and uh they hopefully will recover those gemstones at some point so also if you are in Colorado and you like dinosaurs or you're going to go to Colorado at metrosource.com the dinosaur natural museum of Colorado um this is a really cool place we've talked about it it was written by Jeffney uh, Jeffrey James keys and he has several different places to visit here that he talks about in Alaska and things like that but we're going to concentrate on the dinosaur natural national monument in Colorado because over there they've got 210 acres of land and there's thousands of dinosaur fossils there you can make a reservation for the dinosaur quarry exhibit hall where there is 1,500 dinosaur bones, and you can even touch some of these. You've got Stegosaurus, Allosaurus, uh, Diplodocus, among others. Uh, junior Ranger programs, where you can go, all these young people can go around the park and touch 149, they say, year old dinosaur fossil. So really cool to walk around. There's trails, there's uh, petroglyphs, there's petrographs, different sites from uh, Native Americans that were left behind from hundreds of years ago, perhaps longer, that you can go check out. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Check that out if you're going to Colorado. Also, museums. You might want to go to a museum. This Lazardo Museum of Lapidary Art is located... Where was this place? Um, gee, can't remember. I think it's Australia. Um, is it Australia? Nope, it's Illinois. It looks like it's in Illinois. 
Lizardo Museum of Lapidary Arts. You can see fine jade, gemstones, mineral carvings, rocks, minerals. Um, perfect place to attend. They have the website there, lizardomuseum.org. If you want to find about all these other museums that are really wonderful to visit, most of them are in Chicago. So uh, it could be in Chicago or Illinois. Those two states are right next to each other. So it's either Chicago or Illinois. You go to codcourier.org and you can look up all these wonderful events that you can attend if you are interested. Beta Palooza, Palooza uh, returning to Helena on August the 21st through the 22nd. Nathaniel Howell writes about this in the Shelby County Recorder. Shelby County Recorder. Porter.com. You can find out about this event that is a two-day event from gemstones and beads around the world. Um, I'm not big on the bead-type um, gem shows, uh, but they do have classes there from $30 to $45 to help people learn how to work on jewelry and make these things, these 101 beadology classes, learn about... Uh, uh, making a, a, cur a curl over bezel, how to you know set a stone in a bezel, embroidery, double infinity chain bracelet, gemstone earring construction, and more if you want to go to this. And uh, where was this located? I think it is Alabama. Alabama in the United States. The Talismanian Community Fund grants funds to Devonport. Um, Devonport, I thought this was going to be England, but I believe it ended up being um, here in the United States. Devonport, I forget where I tracked it to. Um, but they've been donated. This is Molly Appleton on July 19, the advocate.com.au. It's actually in Australia. I'm sorry, Devonport, Australia. Another one in Australia. Um, they were given $12,500, and you can see if you go to the website, these fine lapidary polishing machines and uh, the community able to use that and work on these gemstones. At Market Research, telecast.com, you've got a 100-million-year-old light-producing beetle that was preserved in amber. Um, this is uh, written on the, on the 17th. And it is considered substantial. They feel that uh, this is the relative of fireflies and bugs of that sort that are light-producing. And uh, they have a very poor fossil record. So this one found in uh, Mernamar uh, is complete with abdomen and everything and uh, being studied at the University of Bristol. And you can see... Um, it was found in Mexico, I believe, and um, it is interesting, these animals that are able to create light to communicate and uh, reproduce and things like that. One of the striking features of light-producing insects is uh, the females don't look like the males and retain many of the characteristics of the larva in adulthood. So kind of an interesting study. If you're into fossils, you will want to check this out. A new crystal, a new and unusual quasi-crystal you can read about. Um, I subscribe to rockandjim.com. This article came out on the 14th by Jim Brace Thompson. 
Um, and you see that green stone there that is kind of a crystal, um, kind of looks like maybe a hunk of fluoride or something. But what it is, is it actually was created in 1945 when they tested the atomic bomb out in the desert there. And uh, it was called Trinity. Top secret, although probably everybody for you know hundreds of miles around in New Mexico could feel this atomic explosion created silica-rich desert sands, melted them down to a temperature that was equivalent to the temperature of the sun in some areas. Amazing. This um, trinitite is green, but they found a rare red variety, which came from, interestingly, when everything was being destroyed, um, the copper transmission lines were blown into just vapor, and cause some of this glass to take this interesting red colorization to take place. So amazing what you can find out in this area. Some of these areas are open now. Um, there's not a dangerous level of radiation at this point that uh, people are able to go out there. I don't know what the areas are. They did it through the University of Florence. So it may be that you have to um, be a actual geologist and have permission to go into these areas. But some of these minerals that were created are composed of silicon, copper, calcium, and iron, which is really cool um, when you think about uh, going there and collecting these rocks and minerals from this area. Rock and Gem magazine, everyone should subscribe. Um, they don't sponsor the show, but uh, definitely something to look into. Now, I've got a few more articles here. Um, see if I can find them. Do, do, do. Just bear with me here. Um, I couldn't open the. Um, I couldn't open the whole thing. I thought one was the six one two three four. Okay, here we go. This is a good one here. Verisite. Um, so I'm an eBay guy. I like eBay, and uh, they send me stuff. You know, they send me mines for sale. Here's a mine for sale. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them. I have no idea. This could be total phony baloney, but it was interesting. The mine here in this is called the Utahite Hill, and they have this mining claim here in Utah, and you can find the link right there if you want to go check it out um, on eBay. Just look it up. Uh, own a world-famous gym mine for pocket change. Their, their bid was starting at 152, but whatever. What's interesting is this verisite is really beautiful. It is a almost iridescent green with a grayish white um, kind of a looks like a conglomerate type of matrix within this verisite. I'd love to see some polished, but um, this area here it claims is known for specimens of green gemstone known as verisite. Similar to turquoise, it is turquoise's uh, sister. Very popular in jewelry making and found at the Utahite Hill in Lucen, Utah. Prized by collectors with its vibrant colors and interesting combinations with quartz, chertz, and other minerals. Um, he claims here Verisite sells for up to $4 a gram for smaller pieces. Larger nodules are up to $20,000. Um, that's probably a pretty far stretch for most verisites. 
but certainly very rare ones from, from very rare mines could be uh, quite valuable. It says here, this is the, this Utah Light Hill is perfect for the geology of Verisite. A massive buried intrusives and underground wellings of magma from Earth. Sounds like, okay, everything's going good. Heard something beep there. I don't know, maybe I got cut off. Um, hopefully my podcast is still going. So this here drove mineralized fluids up through the phosphorus rock into limestone and chert where solutions fill empty spaces with these crystals and crystallization. Um, pretty neat. Um, they say that uh, there is a dip of this mineral that occurs here at this mine. And um, they say that it is uh, blah, blah, blah. So if you want to find out about that, you can look that up on... on uh, on eBay. Now, next, let's see. I want to go to the next exciting story. Um, clasps. Fire Mountain gems and beads. Uh, they don't sponsor my show. They should because I give them a lot of shout outs. Uh, have a newsletter and uh, every so often it comes out. You can get this for free with really interesting information. So here's one all about clasps. If you're making jewelry and you want to make a necklace or a bracelet or anything like that, you can find out all about these different class, whether it be, um, you know, why you choose them, what, what the different choices are, lobster claws. It can be overwhelming to know what kind to choose. And they have a guide here to help you view over 20 types of class and find the right style for every project. How cool is that? Crimp sizes, another article on crimping. If you make uh, beads or jewelry and you have the crimping ends that uh, you always wondered how to do it, there's the information right there. Ensure a secure finish with the correct size crimp for one, two, or three strand designs with this quick reference chart. How about necklaces, earrings, quartz crystals, beads, sterling silver chain, and wire work? You want to know how to work on that? Lobster claw? class takes more of a role in this free jewelry making project easily create this adjustable front class necklace and earrings with our step-by-step instructions more information on lobster uh, claws uh, clasps here trends in necklaces and earring uh, brass and using polymer clay uh, featured design artist here who makes a druzy pennant um, uses an elongated chain cable attached to jump rings on the end and attaches a sturdy lobster claw on the end. She can show you that project that she does. All sorts of really great information here that you can check out just by subscribing to their email. I think it's worth it. Um, more. We've got more, folks. This this show is going to be big. Um, let's see. There was one or two other ones. We've got uh, Western theme jewelry. Western theme jewelry. Let's see. New message. I don't think I need that. Again, uh, another newsletter from Fire Mountain Gems. You can see how to utilize gemstones and stuff. Now, remember, you look at these ideas, some of these you can take to your lapidary. Um, ideas with your own works you you know you can buy theirs you can you can buy their stuff or not but it gives you great ideas south by southwest view design area ideas right here so you just click on it it's going to come up 
possibly, depending how good my internet uh, is. We'll see if that pops up. Um, how to finish a seed bead bracelet. This is style is coming back. Seed beads used to be quite popular um, in the uh, 30s, the 20s and 30s, and then again, actually the late 30s, and then again in the 60s and 70s, and now it's making a comeback again. There's some turquoise information there. Uh, necklace earring sets with bone and focal gemstones. Uh, Southwest Native American type style squash blossom. Here's a project on a squash blossom. You want to make squash blossom? There it is right there. Why pay uh, $2,000 for a squash blossom project when you can make your own with uh, uh, more affordable choices? You don't have to use turquoise. You can use other things to sculpt these if you want. All right, let's see if that article popped up. Okay, here it is, Gallery of Designs. Here they have a link here. Here's a bola tie. Um, they have the whole list of materials that you would need if you wanted to make this exact project. It can inspire your own design and stuff if you wanted to create something like that. So you can see how valuable this is in your creativity to um, make your own designs and things of that sort. I think... We are getting close to the end. I'm going to look here again real quickly, make sure that I am not neglecting anything on this um, new crystal. We got that one. Um, I think we're about done. Let's look here and see. Did we miss anything here? Um, no, I think we are good, folks. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Again, please go to RadicalRocks.com and uh, check it out. You know, um, see what there is to offer. And, um, you know, join our social media. Um, get on our podcast. Subscribe. Share these things. Subscribe on our YouTube. Subscribe Facebook, MeWe, any of those. It all helps and uh, get the word out there. We really appreciate it, folks. With that, I'm your host, Shane, with Radical Rocks. Remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify. <laughs>